This episode of the Jack Vita Show is presented to you by our friends at Fanatics. JackVita.com slash Fanatics is the place to pick up your sports apparel. If you want to get your friend, your family, your loved one a gift, get them some, uh, get them some PJs of your favorite team. Get them a t-shirt. Get them a sweatshirt. Get them a hat. They got all kinds of great licensed apparel at jackvita.com slash fanatics. I did a little holiday shopping on there earlier. And guys, there's a great Cyber Monday deal going on right now. Some really great stuff. I picked up a t-shirt for someone in my family for 10 bucks. It's a pretty great deal. I don't want you guys to miss out on that deal. Go to jackvita.com slash fanatics. Some great gifts. And they have over 300 licensed I think maybe maybe over 500. I could be wrong, but somewhere in that ballpark, 300, 500, maybe more than that, officially licensed college teams, including my school, Valparaiso University, even Division three schools. So what are you waiting for? Go to jackvita.com slash fanatics and don't miss out on those Cyber Monday deals. We also have some Black Friday and Cyber Monday deals with CBS All Access. When you go to my link, jackvita.com slash CBS, you can get a full month free. That's right, a one-month free trial. That's going to expire uh, either the end of Monday or Tuesday early this week. So you're going to want to jump on that if you haven't done that yet. See what all the hype's about. CBS All Access, in my opinion, the best streaming service in the game. You're not going to want to miss out, guys. They've got all the Nickelodeon shows from my childhood. In addition to that, lots of great reality shows. It's the only place you can watch the UEFA Champions League, the Europa League. You can watch live TV, CBS Sports HQ Live. Lots of great stuff on there, including Paramount movies. Again, what are you waiting for? Go to jackvita.com CBS and hurry over there so you can get your one month free trial. After that, $5.99 a month. I think you're going to want to keep it. JackVita.com slash CBS. In addition to the Cyber Monday deals, some other deals going on at JackVita.com slash MLB shop. Similar to what I was talking about with Fanatics. If you want your MLB gear, again, I'm talking, you know, PJs, t-shirts, hats, hoodies, jackets, uh, you name it. Even polo shirts. They got lots of great stuff. They got gifts. And it's not even just gear over there. You could buy an autographed baseball from your favorite player. You can find a lot of stuff like that over there. And there are are some great deals. I know they have stuff. Like I was looking over there. They had like the 2018 Atlanta Braves division champion shirt. Look, they're trying to, they're trying to, they're not going to have too many of those left. So they're selling them at a cheap price under 10 bucks. So pretty good deal. That's a that's a good shirt. That's a good shirt. I'm going to do some shopping over there as well. Go to jackvita.com slash MLB shop. And once again, if you use any of those links that I mentioned, or you click on any of the ad banners on my site, jackvita.com, this podcast is funded every time you do that. So it's a good cause. And I appreciate our sponsors. I appreciate all of you. And now, let's get to today's show. All 
up, y'all, and welcome into the Jack Vita Show. I am your host, Jack Vita. Back in action here. Today is November 29th. 2020 Sunday evening around 6 p.m. We're taping this. It's. Uh, I hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving, a great Thanksgiving weekend. Man, was it an awesome weekend in the world of sports. First week of college basketball, a memorable weekend in college football, and NFL Week 12. We have so much to get into today. Before I bring in our guest for today, just want to say thank you to everyone who tuned into Sports Jeopardy. That was a lot of fun. I competed in Sports Jeopardy on Tuesday night. If you missed it, there's a Facebook video. There's a video on my YouTube page as well. So you can go to Jack Vita or sorry, Facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show or YouTube.com slash Jack Vita. So hopefully you can get a chance to check that out. It's also here in the podcast feed. Coming up this week, we have our Christmas movie bracket that you can participate in. Rachel Gerhart will be joining me sometime this week. We will preview the bracket. I put it all together and we got 32 movies. People can vote on my Instagram and Twitter and Facebook pages uh, at Jack Vita Show on Twitter and Instagram. Make your vote count. Make your voice heard. And let's find out who which is the greatest Christmas movie of all time. It is officially Christmas season. And at this time, let me bring in our guest for today's show. This is a man that, man, I've been wanting to have on this podcast since before I even had a podcast. And I feel like we're about to echo back into our days of just talking sports in the good old dorm rooms of Carthage College and uh, playing college football, NCAA football on the PS3 he played college football for about five minutes or so at the Division Three level, was a <laughs> standout uh, high school football player. Nate Smith, how are you doing, Nate? I'm doing good, Jack. Yeah, sorry I missed the sports trivia, um, <laughs> but it, it just reminds me, we, we got to set up our, our Seinfeld trivia because you know, we did that uh, sitting in our dorm room. We, we did, uh, what was that game? It's called Seen It. Yes. Right? The, uh, I yeah, still have so that. We, we did seen it, seen it, Seinfeld. We we kind of went head to head there. Now that was a clash of the titans, right there. Right? <laughs> yeah, you, you, you guys did beat are me. obsessed with a show behind our times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would. If someone wants to host a Seinfeld, seen it, uh, maybe we could get Sam to host that. That'd be good. And then uh, you, me, and Brett <laughs> can go head to head. Yeah, you know that'd be that'd be fantastic. I would love to the see con- Sam we'll hosting. The, we'll call it the contest. How about that? <laughs> 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 yes, I, I figured it was a matter of time until Nate worked in a Seinfeld reference. And by the way, Nate, right I'm off glad... the bat, right off the bat. Oh yeah, right there, good stuff. I actually just got there's a new Jerry Seinfeld book. Uh, I don't know if you heard about it. It's called "Is This Anything?" Have you heard about that book? It just came out. I don't think so. I, I did hear he came out with a book, uh, and it might be an older one. That he just it's just all of his jokes written down is that it or is it something else yeah it seems that that that's the case yeah i think so it's about the the idea is is this anything is something that comedians they say am i onto something here is this a good joke and so he's got all these jokes from the different decades of him doing stand-up and uh well the funny story with this nate is someone put the book on the stairs to my room to this afternoon and I was like, oh my goodness, 
Jerry Seinfeld's book. I didn't order this. What what's going on here? <laughs> it turns out it was a Christmas gift from my mom that she ordered yesterday that someone else <laughs> opened up in the mail thinking that I ordered it for myself. So my Christmas present arrived early and the surprise was ruined. Well, happy Festivus. Happy early Festivus, then. <laughs> that's, uh, you know, that's, that's a great find. And, uh, you know, I remember when I was little, I, I suspect, I knew where my, my, my parents kept the Christmas gifts. I never really looked, but I was expecting a bike one year. And I, I snuck down there and sure enough, I found it early and it was great. <laughs> then I can kind of put a surprise, a surprised face on, you know, on Christmas Day, even though I know it's coming. So is that one that you you admitted that you saw or are you going to do the whole, you know, smile and you know give kisses on, on Christmas morning? Like, oh, no, I didn't. I didn't know. Well, that you got Nate, it's great. in my possession right now. It's not even something that oh, okay. I just peeked. It was on my steps. And I was like, I truly didn't know what happened. So I wrote in our group chat. I said, hey. Where'd this book come from? It looks awesome. Like, I'm excited. I really I love see, having this book. This is a great book. I can't wait to read it. And my mom said, I ordered that was for me. I ordered that. And then um, everyone's like, wait, what? And then she's like, yes, I ordered that yesterday. That was my gift for Jack. And someone opened it up in the mail. It had her name on it. And uh, I think my dad just opened it up. And he didn't even read the name on there. So this is a lesson. I think this is a teaching moment for everyone, Nate. A lot of us are quarantining together for the holidays right now. Read. See, make sure your name is on the package when you open it. Because I feel like this is going to be a theme this year. Yeah, I know. We should uh, we should develop. We could do another podcast where we develop, you know, penalties for quarantining. I call that offsides. <laughs> <laughs> or encroachment. How about encroachment? Yeah, encroachment. You know, if, if someone opens your mail, you know, during quarantine, that's you know, you're you're just that's you know, you're you're crossing the line, crossing the line of scrimmage there. You know, we're gonna we're gonna throw the flag on that one. <laughs> so Nate, we're talking a little bit of Christmas here before we get into the sports. Christmas movie bracket coming out on Tuesday. What's your pick for the goat Christmas movie? What's what's your favorite? What's the big tradition in your house? Man. So, I mean, I, I, I took a look at your, your list earlier today and I didn't look super closely at all of them. Um, the one I was really looking for, and it's not necessarily my favorite, but it's just a hotly debated, uh, thing is with Die Hard. I was like, okay, yeah. does he have Die Hard in here? Is it a Christmas movie? Is Joe Flacco elite? These are the questions <laughs> I think about every day. Uh, <laughs> and so I, I did watch, we did watch the first two Die Hards actually, uh, me and my wife just uh, this weekend. So this long weekend, um, they're just they're just kind of classics. We tend to watch them around the holidays. Uh, I wouldn't say it's my like the it's of the goat. Probably my goat would be Home Alone. Uh, the first couple Home Alones, they're just I, I love those movies around the holidays. They're, and uh, also, I would say Christmas Vacation. Uh, just Chevy Chase, vintage Chevy Chase, is just hilarious to me. Yeah, good stuff there, Nate. Uh, all those movies except for Die Hard Two are in there because I I can fix I can push <laughs> Die Hard One. That's a Christmas movie, but I mean if I put two Die Hards in there and there's only thirty two yeah. spots, there might be some unhappy people with that. The the only thing is it's it at least it's snowing in Die Hard Two, right? You're stuck <laughs> at the Logan Airport, you know, just snow piling up while the terrorists are attacking. It just feels more like Christmas where. 
you know, when you're in LA checking out the Nakatomi Plaza, you know, how it doesn't, you know, it just, it's, it just doesn't feel like Christmas. You know, I'm just a Midwesterner, I guess. Right. Yeah. Well, I have my, my goat pick and I'll talk more about this at a greater length with Rachel on Tuesday, the Santa Claus starring Tim Allen. That's my all time favorite. <laughs> yeah. No, that, I loved those movies when I was little. Yeah. I, uh, I, there's so many. I think I just forget about them off the top of my head. But <laughs> yeah, if I really just sat down and looked at a list about ones that I enjoyed when I was little, um, that would be up there. One of the ones I really loved. Um, one that I didn't see because it wasn't part of a tradition. I feel like a lot of people's favorite um, is a Christmas story. I actually never saw that movie until I watched it when I was in high school as a part of a class. Like, oh. you know, it was like the day before break. And everyone's like, we're watching a Christmas story. You know, they're super excited. I'm like, what is this? Um, <laughs> and I, I love it now. I, I, I really do like it. I just had never seen it. Uh, it just wasn't something that I, you know, grew up watching. So, yeah, no, Christmas story's up there. I don't have a clear cut number one. There's, you know, a handful that I really enjoy. So, you know, maybe a couple of bracket busters in there. We'll see. <laughs> we will see. Make sure that you vote in that bracket. Nate, let's talk some sports. Let's start out with college basketball. So college basketball got going on Wednesday, late start to the season, but I'm 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 going to be having a lot of fun over these next few weeks. Typically, you don't have college football and college basketball having much overlap, but we're going to have at least another month of these two sports being played at the same time, and it was a lot of fun to split screen, watch some basketball and football at the same time. So we'll just go through some of the stories from this first weekend of basketball. Villanova came close to losing on Wednesday night. They actually fell to Virginia Tech last night. Uh, so number three, Villanova, the first one. I shouldn't even say the first one to go down. The highest seed to go, highest ranked team to go down. Virginia on Friday lost to the University of San Francisco, Bill Russell's alma mater. <laughs> Yeah, I mean uh, that's uh, that was that that kind of cracked me up. I you know I was I was looking at the odds just for fun. <laughs> I like to look at the betting odds and whatnot, and um, and some of the ones that are just astronomical. Sometimes I'm like, man, I just feel like I should drive over to Rivers Casino and put ten dollars on you know <laughs> San Francisco. It's like plus twenty million, uh, <laughs> but, you know. So I just kind of laughed it off, whatever. But the interesting thing about Virginia, they just have that style of play that keeps everyone in games. Yeah. You know, they're not going to score 120 points. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to play, uh, you know, beat me being a Wisconsin Badger fan. They play Badger ball. They, they slow it down. <laughs> they, you know, they, they take up the whole play clock. They play great defense. Um, so, I mean, it, it makes them great and vulnerable at the same time. So, I uh, wasn't super surprised that they would lose, but I was very surprised that they lost to San Francisco. So <laughs> no disrespect to San Fran. I'm sure they got a bunch of guys out there. But, yeah, I mean, that's uh, definitely didn't see that one coming. <laughs> and, Nate, you're a huge football guy, and we'll be talking plenty of football. But I really enjoyed having that Kansas-Gonzaga matchup on Thanksgiving Day running opposite the Lions-Texans game. It gave me a reason not to watch <laughs> that game. Uh, Gonzaga looks really good. They they come out of their uh, Fort Myers tip off two and zero. They also beat Auburn pretty handily, ninety to sixty seven on uh, Friday. Yeah, the Zags are for real, man. They uh, you know they they put up you know what they put up one hundred and two points versus Kansas. Uh, yeah, I don't know that. <laughs> uh, no one hits a hundred in college hoops. <laughs> 
yeah, uh, yeah, except for Illinois this year and uh, a couple <laughs> of different, you know, a couple of those random teams that have kind of crazy explosive offenses. But yeah, I mean, the crazy thing about Gonzaga, didn't they play without two players in this last game? Uh, Who they, they beat? Um, Auburn? Fried. Yeah, I think they were without two guys against Auburn. And I might, yeah. I might be making that up, but I, I thought I saw that, that they were missing a few guys. So, I mean, shorthanded against an SEC, you know, an SEC school, um, you know, I think they're for real. This might be the year where they finally can get into that final four. We'll see. I don't want to put the... Well, they, the they've horse. been to the championship, but they haven't won one yet. Okay. Okay. Well, they, they might have a... Uh, are they in the same conference as San Francisco? Because they might have them standing in their way. Who knows? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, the, it, it helps. I mean, you, it's weird with some of these teams that that play in conferences where you know you know they're not going to play anyone uh, in the middle of the season, right? But they're going to play in these huge tournaments at the beginning of the year, and then obviously they get into the big one at the end of the year. Uh, the beginning of the year is a big prove it, you know, first four games where they get to go to these, you know, for, I'm, I'm glad they were still able to go to something like the Fort Myers tip-off um, and play some of these, these schools because now we can see. Is Gonzaga for real? Yes, they are. They clearly are. They're not, yeah. you know, having to just beat uh, St. Mary's every year for the for the championship, and that's it, you know, because in the past <laughs> we've run into that a few times. But, um, yeah, but they, they clearly are very talented and, you know, probably the prohibited favorite right now. Nate, uh, you are a big-time Wisconsin Badgers fan. What did you think of the Badgers this first week? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I can nerd out about the Badgers a lot. Um, it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it's weird. I mean, I, I, I don't want to lose listeners here for you just talking about Wisconsin <laughs> basketball. It's not the sexiest thing in the world. Um, but, I mean, I think that's what, that's what, that's what uh, you know, makes them, you know, makes them great as, uh, you know, they – they split for the Big Ten championship last year with Maryland and Michigan State, um, and you know we're on like a nine-game winning streak when uh, everything got canceled going into the Big Ten tournament. We returned everyone on our team, uh, lost no one, um, and so it's just another one of those classic, you know, Wisconsin teams where everyone comes back. Um, you got Nate Reavers and you got um, Travis Trice and you got Brad Davidson. who seems like he's been there for 10 years. And, and <laughs> so you, you've got a real, really solid team all around. No guys that are going to be first round picks. You know, we don't even have any Frank Kaminsky type guys, you right. know, <laughs> um, just a lot of good role players. Uh, we're going to keep the score low, you know, similar to like when I was talking about Virginia, um, you know, we have a good chance at, at winning the big 10, you know, I guess we haven't really played anyone yet, but I mean, just based on last year, um, you know, we're going to keep it close. We're going to be in that top three or maybe four, depending how the season goes at the end of it, when it's all said and done. Um, but exciting thing about Wisconsin, we added a couple freshmen that have, that are actually playing. Uh, you don't see that with Wisconsin very often where you get, no. you know, you get guys right in. So we had some, uh, twin brothers from lacrosse, uh, lacrosse, Wisconsin that came, Johnny Davis, and I don't remember his brother's name. His brother actually didn't – he played at the very end of the game, but uh, Johnny Davis, uh, he actually got in early. Um, he's kind of a sixth man, and he's a very explosive, um, you know, for Wisconsin, I should say, uh, a very – more of an explosive <laughs> attacker of, of a player. So um, I'm excited. There's a couple other freshmen that are in there. we got a seven-footer uh, that uh, – you know, that, that signed with the Badgers. He's a freshman as well. He got in a little bit. Um, you know, it's, it's just a very deep, 
Wisconsin team, a lot of which is, you know, experienced, you know, they've been, you know, they've been in a, in a tournament or two. They've all, you know, been playing for a while. And then we sprinkle in a couple of talented freshmen. Um, so it's exciting. I think, you know, I think we could give Iowa, you know, we beat Iowa. I think, I don't remember how many times. We, I know we beat Iowa at least once last year. Um, and Iowa is obviously a juggernaut this year with a lot of returning starters as well. Um, so, and then obviously Illinois is just super athletic. And, and, and so, I mean, yeah. it's just, it's interesting to see, you know, how it will play out this year. Um, you know, I think I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the Badgers can do. I mean, I, uh, like I said, I don't want to go too far along the, the Badger line. <laughs> well, so, I got one more, uh, one more Wisconsin thing. Do okay. we have a nickname for Brad Davison yet? I feel like we need one. <laughs> Well, yeah, the guy I mean, is, he's the most <laughs> mild mannered guy off the court. And then you give him, you put him on the court and it's like, he's had three Red Bulls. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, he, uh, so it's, it's funny. I, uh, we have a friend of ours that, uh, um, and this isn't a very exciting or funny nickname, but we could, we all call him Maple Grove. Cause that's where he's from. He's from Maple Grove, Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know Maple and Grove. So that's Minnesota. where, uh, so that's where Caitlin, uh, Rich slash Grimes. She's married to to Brett Grimes. Um, she's from Maple Grove and knows oh wow uh, knows his family like his friends with his older sister. So <laughs> when he first came to Wisconsin, we were all very excited like oh he went to Maple Grove just like you Caitlin whatever. Um, so now every time he makes a shot, we're always yelling Maple Grove. Um, but like I that I mean it's not super <laughs> exciting. But uh, but yeah, he is. If you're not a Wisconsin fan, the most annoying person to watch, no doubt. I mean, I, I love him to death, but I mean, he takes so many charges on like it's not even like set feet charges. It's he's guarding his guy at the top of the key. His guy's driving, and he's right on him, and he like meets him at the point. You know, he'll meet him at like the free throw line, <laughs> and kind of as he's running, fall away, take a charge, and he gets it. I mean, he gets it a lot of the time, man, and. uh it drives the other coaches crazy. It drives the other fans crazy, <laughs> man. Uh, and I, I would love to see, you know, everyone revolt if he can somehow come back another year because of this whole COVID rule. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so. Well, I'm sure we'll come up with something better than Maple Grove as uh, Maple Grove. the season goes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nate, my squad, Valparaiso Crusaders, went toe-to-toe with Vanderbilt the other night. We're leading in the second half of that game, ended up coming up just short. They weren't able to close that game out. But it was an encouraging sign for me as a Valpo fan. I feel pretty good about my team going into this season. We got a big one with Purdue next week. Oh, okay. Boiler down. Let's go Valpo, huh? <laughs> go Valpo. Go Valpo. I can't, say, I can't say I know a ton about Valpo, but um, but hey, I hope well, they... Well, you will uh, one I day. Hope... Yeah, one day. One day. They'll... they'll uh... <laughs> You know, they'll, they'll, they'll make an appearance and, and shatter my dreams. Hopefully they don't play the Badgers. <laughs> It'd be like a 13-4 matchup, probably. <laughs> I hate those. <laughs> <laughs> always a trap. It's always a trap. Yeah. We got to talk some college football, Nate. Let's so I'm going to lead off here. I'm going to give you something. I'm going to let you react to it, okay? <laughs> All right. So I'm going to start with the big headliner from Saturday, and that was... Sarah Fuller's appearance in the Vanderbilt game, which I thought was a really awesome story. I got that news on Friday. I saw Vanderbilt has been decimated by COVID. They're going to pull from the women's soccer team at Vanderbilt University. Now, 
Vanderbilt does not have a men's soccer team. So they got this girl, Sarah Fuller. She's one of the goalkeepers on the Vandy soccer team. And I, naturally, I was pretty excited to see this play out. I know, uh, actually, one of my friends from college, uh, you know, Julia Olson, she was the kicker at Stevenson oh, yeah. High School. Yeah, and Stevenson is one of the best programs uh, in the state of Illinois. They're they're a huge school. They're always competitive football-wise, and she was their kicker senior year. She did an outstanding job. She was a girl soccer player. Uh, Glenbrook North High School, another school in this area. This is going back to when I was in high school. Uh, they had a they had a female kicker as well. I think she set a record for extra points. Her name was Montana Paley, and so like there there are women who can kick. They can be place kickers. There are, there are girls who are really good at this thing. They got strong legs, and so for to see this in a power five uh, football game was something that I was pretty excited about add a little juice to a Vanderbilt Mizzou game that no one else would have cared about otherwise yeah <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to Sarah Fuller it was awesome to see her suit up I it didn't seem like she had any experience I didn't hear anything about her having any experience kicking field goals in the past so the actual story I think was pretty amazing but the actual now the moment of her getting in there and just squibbing a kick. I'm going to be honest. I thought it was an overrated moment because I was hoping, and this is more, this has nothing to do with Sarah Fuller. I wanted to see her get an opportunity out on that field, kicking an extra point, kicking a field goal. And that was just a pitiful effort from a bad Vanderbilt team that couldn't get to the, they never got in the field goal range. They never got in the red zone. So I was honestly, I, I think the moment of her getting out there for one squib kick and they didn't even let her boot the ball either. I, I think that would have been nice. Um, I understand not having a whole lot of confidence in her given the set of circumstances, but uh, I'm going to say that I think it was a great story. Overrated moment. What do you think, Nate? I, I would agree. I mean, I think I think it's awesome. Uh, it's a Vanderbilt team that has absolutely nothing to lose, and a coach that has absolutely nothing to lose. Um, yeah, he actually just love, got fired today. I, I was going to say that. So I mean, I love Derek Mason when when he was a player. He was great. Um, you know, absolute. It's actually a different Derek Mason. Oh well, ab- I'm sure he played <laughs> at one point. I'm sure he was very yes. good. <laughs> but uh, so you, yeah, you probably saw the name too, and you're like, huh? I wonder. Um, and so that, yeah, that, I saw that come across the, the bottom line today that he, he got fired. Um, you know, I'm glad he was able to do something positive, uh, you know, and something really cool to give an opportunity to, you know, uh, to a woman to, you know, um, get a chance. Unfortunately, you know, they got the, the brakes beat off them, uh, 41, nothing. And her only shot to yeah. even get a kickoff was the start of the second <laughs> half, <laughs> which is, which is a shame. I mean, I, I, I totally agree. You know, I mean, you're trying to get get her an opportunity to get out there, a coach that knows he's you know, his he's probably done. You know, after this year, he probably didn't know he was gonna get fired after the game. But um but yeah, I mean really cool just to see, you know, see her get out there. Obviously she's a great athlete. Um, you know, she was, yeah. she played for the Vanderbilt soccer team and um, They just won an SEC championship about a week say, ago she, too. She was talking in her in her post game <laughs> interview, she was saying they asked her, Are you nervous? Were you nervous? She's like 
Uh, no, I was actually a lot more nervous when I went out there, you know, during the, you know, <laughs> during the SEC championship game, to be honest, uh, which is what a hilarious a candid statement. I know. I was like, oh, wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a cool, it, it, like, I agree. It's, it's a cool storyline, uh, in the middle of a game that, you know, I don't think anyone watched, um, except for the fact <laughs> that they heard the story. So, um, yeah, good for you, Sarah. I hope you get another chance. Uh, I don't know if yeah, you've seen or not. But uh, but yeah, that'd be that'd be really cool if she could uh, stick with the team uh, for any more games that they have on the schedule. Yeah, she is a senior. I really want to see it. I felt like it was kind of like we were setting up for something awesome to happen in a really lame game, and we just <laughs> yeah. it was very anticlimactic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That stifling Mizzou defense, man, just kept them <laughs> out of the red zone. <laughs> Sorry, but hey, I want to make out there. No, I just want to make it clear. My my take on this as nothing, uh, I mean, uh, you know what I'm saying, Nate. You know what I'm saying. It, this is more an indictment on Vanderbilt. Uh, exactly. Nothing bad to say about Sarah Fuller. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, it was, uh, it was a cool, cool moment, but it could have been cooler, basically, what you're trying to say. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm totally with you. <laughs> okay. So now we'll go to some of these games and the outcomes of these games. We'll start here with the one that breaks my heart. Nate, I was so excited to have you on. And I I had this whole gotcha thing planned where I was going to be like, hey, Nate's coming on my podcast. And then I bring him on and I'm going to make fun of him because my (laughs) Northwestern Wildcats beat his Wisconsin Badgers last week. And then what happens? Northwestern goes on the road and they end up losing at Michigan State to a previously one win Michigan State team. Did you catch that game, Nate? I did. I did. And I I, I appreciate you. uh, You know, the only reason I'm happy that Northwestern lost is that you didn't have to, you know, hit me with that gotcha. But uh, (laughs) which would be totally deserved, by the way. Uh, But. (laughs) You know, I, I did watch the game. You know, I think it was it was a little – I wasn't super surprised by how the Northwestern offense played um, just because I think Peyton Ramsey is, is – he's experienced and he, you know, he can make some of the throws. Um, but their offense isn't, you know, a classic Northwestern put up 30, you know, 30-some points with some of these, you know – air raid offenses that they've had in the past. I'm thinking, you know, mid yeah. or mid to late two thousands. Uh, some of those teams that were just, you know, swinging the ball all over the field. Um, they are a little like bit Kafka. Yeah. Oh man. I, I have nightmares about Kafka beating my badges in Evanston, <laughs> man. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, he was just, oh man. And who is that receiver car? Yeah. Austin he, he's Carr. A more recent. Yeah. Austin Carr. Yeah. And some of these, some of these guys that, you know, uh, just super, you know, they were very talented. Uh, and not to say that uh, Northwestern's not talented. I mean, they're, they should have won. You see some of these receivers, uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, I don't know his name, but number 81, this is number 81. The guy, I mean, he has, he's a senior. He makes some big-time catches in the that Wisconsin game. I mean, he had some drops against Michigan State. I mean, there are some yeah. players that normally are just sure-handed, you know. Uh, are they going to get open? But if they do, you know they'll catch it kind of guys. Uh, and right. they were there. There were some bad drops. Um, really I mean, Michigan, bad drops. Yeah, and um, I don't know necessarily how uh, you know they 
they really there was a garbage touchdown. It really was a lot closer. It was like twenty what, twenty-two to uh or it would have been twenty-three twenty or maybe yeah. it's twenty-two twenty. Yeah, there was a garbage touchdown in there. Um and so I guess you know, Fitz is an amazing coach. I wanted him to come to the Packers. I'm a Packers fan and uh and Matt, <laughs> when we hired Matt LaFleur, I wanted Fitz. Yeah, I I really do like him. Uh Bears might take a you know, may take a shot at him here in a year or Ooh. two. We'll see. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see how everything goes, but, um, you know, he's a great coach. Um, defense is for real. I don't, I mean, I don't know how they gave up 23 points. I mean, it was, it was kind of weird. It was a weird game. Uh, it reminded I me of Nate, Wisconsin North. Nate, I thought they were resting on their laurels coming into that game. It's, they just seemed a little too comfortable in that first quarter. They played the biggest game of their season, and they were mm-hmm. probably ready to just kind of cruise through these next three weeks, get to that Big Ten championship. They were having stuff written about them that they could play in the college football playoff, which I didn't mm-hmm. truly believe, but I had some hope that, hey, that would be amazing, obviously. But there were a lot of miscues, as you mentioned. Peyton Ramsey threw two picks. There was that receiver just got absolutely laid out. That was a scary moment towards the end of that game. There were some guys who just had some ball go off their hands. There was one that um, on the third and 10 play in the fourth quarter before they punted, Ramsey made actually a really good throw down the field. He was rolling to his right. He threw it across to the left side of the field, like a real dangerous pass. And I can't remember which receiver he hit, but the corner just ripped the ball right out of his hands. And uh, there were a lot of plays like that. There was a point early in the game where they uh, turned the ball. They created a turnover, got the ball, had an awesome opportunity on the, on the exact next play. Uh, Ramsey is pitching it to a guy and it just bounces right off the guy's hands and they fumble it. Just really costly, careless plays such as that. And I also don't think that their defense accounted for Rocky Lombardi's legs. He, was, he, had, he made some nice plays coming out of the pocket. They didn't have a single guy spying on him. So I just thought that had they this game come a week before Wisconsin, I think it would have been a little crisper, but I think they uh, may have bought into the hype a little bit. They started out 17 nothing in that first quarter, and then they, they really did play well the rest of the game. If you want to take out that garbage time touchdown, you're looking at only allowing six points the rest of the game after that first quarter and outscoring your opponent 20-6. to But uh, yeah, that, that was my assessment on things, Nate. Yeah, I mean, you look at the turnovers, that's a big piece of it. Um, and then you just look at Michigan State just trying not to mess up. <laughs> I mean, they, yeah. I mean, Lombardi had 11 completions. I mean, it's it's not like he was, you know, it's not like he was Joe Montana out there. But to your point, with his legs, <laughs> you know, they, I mean, Hayward had 24 carries. I mean, that's a lot of carries. Uh, and then Lombardi had 10, and then Collins had 13. I mean, so, I mean, they just, tried to just make it as simple as possible. Let's just run the ball. Let's see what we can do. Um, let's try to not mess up. Uh, and they didn't mess up enough to lose. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I grew up in, I grew up in Michigan, you know, Michigan state fans are just, they, they're totally in on basketball right now. They <laughs> think Lombardi's terrible. And so I, I don't even think they were watching this game to be honest. Um, and I was surprised. I was definitely surprised. I think you're right. I think, 
I think it was a letdown game. I think we hear about that and it sounds cliche because, you know, you have these big games that happen very hyped up games of the week, uh, nationally televised. And, you know, you get up for that game, you take down, you're an underdog, you take down, you know, uh, the big bad Badgers and, you know, now it's like smooth sailing, um, but you're still playing a big ten opponent, even if they're not as talented as you. So, um, yeah, I think turnovers are, are costly, especially on the road. Yeah, absolutely. Other news in terms of college football, Notre Dame holding on to beat North Carolina Tar Heels. That was an important win for that Notre Dame game uh, for that Notre Dame squad. You and I were texting before we said this could potentially be a trap game. Big win for Notre Dame. Yeah, I, I mean, I hand up. I never give Notre Dame enough credit, and <laughs> I, I just I don't know why. I just see them as a Wisconsin, and I shouldn't, especially after watching that game. Before the game, I was like, North Carolina is very talented. They have some really good backs, good quarterback, uh, you know. But the more I I really sat down and tried to like forget who they were as a team. I, and just pay attention to how talented they are. I mean, Notre Dame's D-line was just huge. I mean, they were big dudes, and they were in the backfield the whole time. Um, and then offensively, I mean, they they have some huge receivers. You know, I mean, they just – and you think back to some of these, you know, previous draft classes, I mean, this is just – they're just pumping out receivers left and right, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, Claypool, Claypool yeah. Golden Tate. All these other guys, and '88 is a beast. I don't even—I can't even think of his name right now. But <laughs> I mean, they got some big dudes out on the edge, uh, and then they also have these five-star tight ends that come in every year. And Ian Book continues to impress me. I—I I think of him as not that good, but he's actually really good. He—he uh, <laughs> uh, he makes the plays. He, he's athletic enough to get out of the scramble around, throw on the run. He has a little bit of uh, Johnny Manziel in him with that. You know, he's kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. He's kind of a throw it, throw it up, scramble around for a little while, make a play. Uh, he just makes the play. I don't think he'll necessarily be a great pro, but I, you know, I think he's a, a pretty good college quarterback. Um, and I thought Notre Dame was going to run away, run away with it because I, uh, at the beginning of the game, I, I was looking at North Carolina out there on offense, and I'm like, wait, Sam Howell's not in. Who's this piece guy? <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> no, this is legit. I was like, who the heck is that? And I'm like, oh. So, yeah, North Carolina, all, on the backs of all their jerseys, they had, you know, little slogans about social justice and things like that. And Sam Howell had peace on the back of his jersey. And I was like, wait, Sam Howell's not playing? Well, I didn't hear about this. <laughs> uh, Did so, he, yeah, that, was, yeah that, that caught me off guard. Did he change his name to World Peace, like Meta World Peace? What's going <laughs> on World here? Peace, I was thinking yeah. the same thing. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? Oh, okay, I get it. <laughs> Took me a it took me a second, but uh, yeah. <laughs> what do you think about Notre Dame? Are you were you uh, were you more impressed with Notre Dame or more disappointed with North Carolina? I was more impressed with Notre Dame because I think North Carolina came out very strong. Um, and I think Notre Dame's defense did an excellent job clamping down on them in the second half. A um, little disappointing mm-hmm. in terms of you were expecting a little more offensively out of North Carolina after the, especially after those first two drives, they come down the field and score. But I have to say, while I have been extremely impressed with Notre Dame, I will say if they get blown out by Clemson in the ACC title game, I think there's no place. For, I don't think they should be in the playoff. I, I know that, I think if they can keep that game relatively close, and even if they were to lose by 10, maybe you give some type of a 10-point cushion for them. 
Uh, but I, I don't think if they get blown out by Clemson, who wants to watch them then play Alabama the next week and get blown out again? Because I, I think it's we're, we're getting the same thing now where we get the same teams in every single year, and I think people are getting kind of bored of seeing it and mm-hmm. kind of expecting how it's going to play out. So I, I don't think they should get in if they get blown out uh, by Clemson, nor do I think they will get in. Yeah, I mean, this is the year that, that NCAA had a chance to – expand it even if they even if they said it wasn't uh yeah if they wasn't if it wasn't permanent right they could have said okay we're actually going to cancel the last two or three weeks of the season uh and we're going to expand the playoff you know to however many teams um and it and and that that would have made sense um but yeah obviously uh it's a money thing and um it would have been it would have been a good excuse uh to to have them have them expand it but yeah i mean we have we have an interesting um, set up to, to the playoffs coming up because, I mean, there could be some very intriguing storylines. You look at Ohio State, um, <laughs> they just had their game canceled versus Illinois. There's a chance that Illinois game will get canceled next week, and if that's the case, they will not be eligible for the Big Ten championship game. So you might have a 5-0 and Ohio State team um, that will not be in the Big Ten championship game. Uh, and that would be interesting. What is <laughs> what is the committee going to do? And especially if Notre Dame loses by three to Clemson or something, like what's going to happen? I mean, it's going to be it's going to be an interesting finish. Uh, I know I'm, I know it's conjecture a little bit because Ohio obviously Ohio State they're hoping to play next week, but um, there could be some interesting ways the season could finish for sure. <laughs> well, Nate, wasn't there that one year? I think it was 2016 that they beat Michigan on that. Uh, controversial potential first down. Some were saying, tweeting hashtag not my first down and that whole ordeal. <laughs> and then it was Michigan Penn State in the, uh, I think it was Michigan Penn State in the Big Ten championship game. And then Ohio I, I State. I believe it was Wisconsin Penn State. Okay, actually. Wisconsin Penn State. So then it ended up be Ohio State still got into the playoff that year. Wasn't that, yeah, that that's, yeah. So they didn't even play in the Big Ten title game that one year, and they still got in. So that could be uh, – we could see that again. Yeah, I mean, it definitely it, – it could be the case. Um, it's, a, it's a weird year, um, and I feel like every year there's something crazy. You have the whole Baylor-TCU fiasco. Yeah. Way, you know, however many years ago that yeah, was. 2014. Um, and that's courtesy of Ohio State. <laughs> yes. Drumming Wisconsin in the Big Ten championship, so – um, I'm glad I didn't go to that one, but <laughs> yeah, Cardell Jones, you know, where is he? You know, I mean, he, he shows up out of nowhere, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it makes it fun. I get, you know, having a 14 playoff and it makes it fun because of the, it makes the selection more dramatic for sure. But man, I, and I, I agree. I think at the end of the day, you're still going to have the same, probably the same, probably the same two teams or so in the national championship, two or three teams every year. Um, but it's, it's more fun to have more games in the playoff. It makes yeah. everyone seem like they have a shot at it. Right. Yeah. And fan bases get more into it. Kind of the whole March madness effect. Exactly. I think we've talked about this a few times on your, on your podcast, yep. but you know, I, it just makes it more fun uh, for the viewers, for the fans. Um, you know, we'll probably, you'd probably still have, the 16 seed Wisconsin getting absolutely annihilated by the number one seed <laughs> Clemson, you know, but it would be like for that one game, 
I would be so pumped up yeah. <laughs> going into it, you know, I would be <laughs> so amped up. Uh, but you know, well, we'll see huh? maybe someday. I think, I think it's probably a matter of time once they figure out the money situation. Cause it's all about money. Um, once they can figure that out, you know, I think you might see it slowly expand, but I don't think it'll be anything more than probably eight teams at the end of the day. Just, yeah. You know, football is just so much more on your body. Right. Yeah. Well, Nate, I want to see Cincinnati get in there and BYU should have a case too. I don't like that they're 14 in the college football playoff rankings. Uh, those not a big fan of those rankings there. You have some two loss SEC schools in there above them. I think, uh, but Cincinnati, I think the American has proven this conference is legit. When UCF won that bowl game against Auburn, uh, three years ago, mm-hmm. and they had a little parade and they celebrated everything. I think they showed that that conference, the cream of the crop in that conference, has the ability to beat these blue blood programs. And so, I while unfortunately it did, didn't help UCF and they didn't get in the next year and their quarterback was injured, all that. But it could potentially be helping push that conference forward for a team like Cincinnati to potentially get in. Now, obviously, the committee is going to be more incentivized to go where the money is. And some of these bigger schools and uh, bigger conferences get those schools in. But I think Cincinnati right now, if Notre Dame were to get blown out or in the situation where they beat Clemson twice, which does anyone really believe that's going to happen? I, I don't think anyone does <laughs> with with Trevor Lawrence. That would be hard for us. Yeah, but yeah. Th- I want to see Cincinnati slide in there. Yeah, I mean, it just, it just kind of comes wherever the chips fall. I mean, you know Alabama, you know Clemson, right? Um, just going through this. You probably know Ohio State. So we got one spot left. So that means it's Notre Dame or bust or – you know, could a Florida slide in there if they can, you know, really turn it on at the end. Cincinnati, though, I mean, yeah, I watched that UCF game. I UCF's defense is not very good, uh, but I, I really do. I think UCF has a good program, and the fact that they have, you know, they have fans down there uh, still at their stadium, at least in some limited capacity. I thought Cincinnati was going to have a hard time, and it was close. Um well, I mean, hey, I give Luke Fickle credit. I mean, this might be his last year there, depending on what openings kind of pop up. But um, he's, you know, he's got a good group of guys. Um, and something to think about, he knew what he had coming into this year. He turned down the Michigan State job. Yeah. He got offered the job at Michigan State, and he chose to go. Uh, he chose to go back to Cincinnati this year because he knew this was the year he had a chance to make the playoff. Um, he has a lot of talent. Um, he has a good team for a school like Cincinnati. Um, I don't know if I'd go as far as say like that conference is like power five level. Um, right. you know, they have UCF, they have Cincinnati. Uh, it's just not a super deep conference. Um, but Memphis they are, was good last know, year where, yeah, but yeah, in Cincinnati, you know, they, they pop up every now and again, you know, they had Brian Kelly, you know, yep. 10, 15 years ago and they, they popped up into a sugar bowl, uh, I believe it was. And so, I mean, yeah, yeah they, but they were in the big East then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I think if they keep, all they can do is handle what, what's in front of them. I don't know where the chips will lie. Um, would they have a chance against a, a really good team like a Bama or Clemson? 
probably not, but probably whoever that fourth team is probably doesn't. So um, I say yeah. if, if they go undefeated, it's also if BYU can just keep winning, man, they, the Storm and Mormons, man, they are good. <laughs> <laughs> Zach Wilson's good. They got They're a really great good. old line. I mean, they have a really good old line. Um, and, you know, I keep an eye on some of like the betting odds and the spreads and things like that. You know, and they're favored in some of these games that they had earlier in the year. They're favored by 40 points, and they're covering every time. It's unbelievable because <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, oh, there's no way they're going to cover that. You know, and they'll cover 45, and it's unbelievable. So, um, you know, there's going to be a good team or two that's left out of this playoff. So yeah. definitely something to keep an eye on. So, Nate, we'll, we'll run through a few more of these scores. Iowa State coming out on top over Texas. I'm really tired of the whole Texas is turning the corner thing every year. <laughs> We're back or not. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Sam Ellinger is a, a good college quarterback, kind of, um, he's kind of like the NFL, the NFL Carson Wentz, you know, is he good? He's athletic. He makes some plays, you know, he'll put up some points, but yeah, I mean, it's just, it's 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 weird, you know. Texas is Texas is weird to put their finger on, kind of like Michigan or Tennessee, or you know, they're kind of falling fall have fallen to that realm to me. Yeah, yeah. And Brock Purdy on the other side is an elite quarterback. That guy is he's really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think he's a a really good quarterback. Um, you know, he'll probably get a he'll probably be you know mid round draft pick. You know, when he gets to the NFL, you know, yeah. maybe slide into the first round even. Um, you know, he's a, he's a solid quarterback, uh, doesn't have a ton of really, really good weapons necessarily on the outside, but he just makes the throws. He's hitting these tight ends. He's hitting people in the middle of the field. He's putting the ball where the defenders aren't, uh, you know, and I, I love the line by the running back, the Iowa state running back. He's, I don't necessarily agree about the program thing, but he said, uh, he said five-star players versus a five-star program is what he said about the game, uh, which, you know, that's, I thought that was, that was funny uh, and, and relatable to me as a Badger fan in some cases. Uh, you know, I, I think Iowa State is – Matt Campbell's done a really good job making that program relevant uh, and putting some structure. And it's not like they win one game in an upset and then they get drilled the next game. It, that's what they kind of have been in the past. But they're consistent. They have yeah. a good quarterback. They have some talent. They have a good running back. Um, and yeah, I mean, they're, they're taking down people that are more talented than, than them, I think across the board. And so, you know, give all the credit in the world to Matt Campbell. Yeah. And when I say Brock Purdy, elite quarterback, I guess I'm talking more elite talent, not really like a, an elite prospect, not, not, I'm not talking about a Heisman guy, but I'm talking about a guy who could, who will play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I, I don't know if he'll. I, I was trying to think about that before we jumped on to think of a, of a, a pro comp to him. Hmm. You know, it was, it's kind of hard. I, I yeah. didn't really, I didn't really know exactly who to say he is exactly. He's kind of himself. Um, yeah. you know, he he'd probably be a more conservative quarterback wherever he ends up in the NFL. Um, I could see him being a long time backup even, yeah. you know, being someone yeah. that gets a chance early, does okay. Maybe a couple, you know, seven and nine, eight and eight seasons. And then, you know, good enough to be in the league for 10 years. <laughs> you know, one of those types of guys. Yeah, definitely. I could see that. Okay, what'd you think about that Oregon-Oregon State game? That was awesome, man. I, I This is a game that I, I... This is one of the ones that I feel bad that uh, there's no fans. Because, yeah. I mean, I know how much 
I mean, Oregon State rarely beats Oregon, man. And it's such a heated rivalry. Um, I've never lived out there, been out there, but I just know how big they, they hate each other. Uh, Oregon is definitely the elitist big brother. Um, <laughs> and it was at Oregon State. They take them down. You know, very dramatic ending. Uh, I hope that quarterback's all right. He, yeah. he looked like he pretty bad on that last quarterback speak. Um, but, yeah, I mean – I mean, Oregon's, Oregon's kind of at a crossroads right now where they're trying to change their identity, uh, and they have a mixture of players. They have players from the old era of, of spread it out, Chip Kelly era, and then they have the pounded, big O-line, you know, strong O-line, D-line, Mario Cristobal recruits in there now. So it's kind of this, Oregon is kind of in this weird place um, where they're still good, but not what they have been in the past, just athlete-wise. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I hope Mario Cristobal sticks around, uh, the head coach of Oregon, um, because if he leaves, it could put Oregon back a little bit. Um, oh, yeah. Maybe for a while, um, because they are definitely in a transition phase without Justin Herbert. Um, they still have some talent, but you can tell there's a mixture of recruits in there right now. Right. And it's kind of a... They don't know what they don't know who they are, you know. Um, yeah. But all the credit to Oregon State, like I said, I wish they had fans there. It would have been a an awesome storm the field oh, yeah. type moment, you know, at the very end. <laughs> really totally. fun game to watch. Man. Yeah, I ended up going to bed, but I caught the highlights the next day. I I was really wiped out on Friday, and I went. I slept about ten hours. I think maybe that's just what Thanksgiving <laughs> does to people. Trip the fan. <laughs> so uh, a couple more of these and then we're gonna move over to the nfl uh alabama blew out auburn i was expecting that i would think you were too this isn't the same iron bowl as it normally is i think alabama is just head and shoulders above everybody else this year just like lsu was last year i guess we'll see how good clemson is and it uh ohio state if they're at that level right now i think alabama is going to run away with this thing maybe we'll get some good games but yeah. uh, 42-13 in that game. Clemson, 52-17 in Trevor Lawrence's return. He hadn't played in about a month, uh, but he looked great. 400 yards, two touchdowns. Nate, who is your Heisman right now? I didn't even mention Florida. They won uh, 34-10 against Kentucky. Yeah, I. so we talk about Florida. I mean, Kyle Trask is putting up unbelievable numbers, but... I'd be hard pressed to find a better player in the NCAA than Trevor Lawrence. So, uh, I mean, the guy is unbelievable. I mean, he's, he looks like a pro quarterback playing college football. You know, yeah. you know, that's what he looks like out there. He's looked that way for a few years now. Yeah. And you see some of these other guys, you see Justin Fields, you see, um, you know, you see Kyle Trask out there. They look like good college quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence looks like a professional quarterback. He looks like he should be playing on Sunday, not Saturday. Um, I think it's just, it's just so clear. Uh, he's the best. <laughs> um, you know, the, I mean, if, if I had to put it to a non quarterback, you know, that could be a little more interesting. I, I absolutely love Kyle Pitts for Florida and I don't think anyone would ever give a tight end the Heisman trophy, but <laughs> <laughs> if they did, this guy's unbelievable, man. I mean, he has like, Three, four touchdown games. It's unbelievable, but I won't go there because I'll just waste time because they're never going to get a tight end. 
I think Trask right now would probably be my pick just in terms of the fact that Trevor did miss a, a big chunk of time and it'll be it could be a pretty yeah. significant amount if you're looking at what qualifies someone. Sometimes guys don't win the MVP because they don't play enough games. So I would go Trask at mm-hmm. this point in time, but I think it's a pretty interesting race. I think you got um, unfortunately BYU. I'd love to see them schedule some more games uh, to see uh, Zach Wilson get a little more attention. And uh, Mike Penix Jr. put himself in the conversation last week, but uh, I think he he came out of the game this past week, uh, Indiana Maryland. He got a little nicked yeah, up. Yeah, I yeah I saw that he was limping around a little bit. I I do like I do like that that guy, and it'll be an interesting matchup next week. They play uh, they play Wisconsin. Um, hopefully wow. there's hopefully no cancellation. So, uh, up at Camp Randall, Indiana goes up there. Um, and I mean, the strength of Wisconsin is our defense. Obviously we were a little, we're not deep at all at receiver as we saw against Northwestern. Um, so I mean, Indiana probably is going to be favored slightly in that game, um, depending what our receiver situation looks like, but it will say a lot about Penix depending how he plays against Wisconsin's defense. Um, Cause we do have some really solid, um, especially our front seven is just really good. So, um, you know, I, I think he's a really good quarterback. I don't think he's quite Heisman level, um, but yeah. he is very talented, very good. He'll be on the watch list going in next year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, 100%. Nate, we got, 20 minutes for NFL, so we're, this is going to be a lightning round. We're going to all right, let's do it. <laughs> bring all of the scores to the listeners. So this is like the fastest three minutes right here. This is the blitz. <laughs> yeah, you got you to give us some of the Chris Berman. <laughs> <laughs> we need a little music playing in the background. All right, Nate, I'll start with our first one. The Vikings 28-27 over the Panthers. That was a nice little comeback win for Kirk Cousins. I don't think I think the Vikings are out of it at this point. They're five and six. It's going to be really hard to jump back into that uh, playoff scenario. I'm just going to look real quick here at the standings. Uh, five and six. I guess our Cardinals only have a one game lead because uh, we'll talk Cardinals in a little bit. But uh, so they're technically only one game out. But uh, I got to say, Vikings defense have not been impressed with them this season. I have been impressed with Kirk Cousins' big-time performance today. And great redemption story for Chad Beebe. Not to be confused with our own Chase Beebe, who comes on this podcast a lot, but Chad Beebe, son of Don Beebe. uh, He muffed a punt really bad, uh, miscue in that game, but he came back and he caught his first career touchdown pass for the win today. Vikings come to five and six Panthers fall to four and eight. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you met, you mentioned it. Uh, Vikings defense has bounced back a little. The beginning of the year was really bad. That's why they started out. So poorly. Yeah. Um, but it seems to be Zimmer has calmed them down a little bit. Um, they played well. The big key is they can run the ball and that's big for teams down the stretch. Um, so don't rule them out. I mean, there's three, three wild cards. So, you know, they, they still have a shot, but um, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll leave it there. <laughs> well, the Vikings defense last week choked against Dallas. They let Dallas drive down the field to come back and win that game. And they did the same Panthers set up yeah. shop for a long field goal. Yeah. They make that field goal and the Vikings lose the same game essentially two weeks in a row. 
Yeah, I know. Yeah, they. I mean, they they totally <laughs> should have actually lost multiple times. Um, you know, I think Vikings are another team that really, really is hurt by the home field advantage of having no fans. I mean, that's one of the hardest places to play. Um, so, I mean, that's it's a uh, the huge home field advantage. You know, I think they make their defense a little better. Um, no fans. Yeah. It just kind of evens everything out. It shows you who they really are. Um, you know, I think the Vikings are their record is who we thought they were. <laughs> they're 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 right there. They're about a five hundred team. That yeah. seems about right. But have you have you been impressed with Kirk at all? Or are you not a big Kirk guy? So I mean, Kirk made some really good throws. I mean, he he has a great arm. Uh, he's had a great arm all, all the way back to his his times at Holland Christian, uh, Holland <laughs> Michigan, and then uh, over at at MSU. Uh, I mean, he, he can make all the throws. Uh, the, the question is, you know, is he going to hold on to the ball too long and get sacked because he's not mobile at all? Um, right. Or is he going to, is he going to try to force some of these deep balls? But I think you're seeing finally he's getting someone to, to come in and, and step in to, not quite the same, but as for Stefan Diggs, I mean, Diggs is gone. You saw that early. Uh, Jefferson wasn't quite close to where Diggs was. But now, I mean, Jefferson's playing really well. Oh yeah, receiver. he's finally get, he's finally got a deep threat. He's finally got someone that's you know that's getting open you know, almost every play. I mean, the guy's been unbelievable. I went up against him in fantasy this week. It sucked. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, he, I mean, Jefferson is, is is getting open a lot. So I mean, um, but it all falls back. Kirk Cousins is a is a is a a classic uh, a classic quarterback. You know, a Bill uh, Bill Walsh style. You know. Um, <laughs> quarterback where you establish the run to set up the pass you know you're not going to throw it 50 times a game with Kirk and not run the ball at all or else you're not going to win probably um you know it just it wouldn't be fair to him you know he's just not mobile enough you, you, the balanced attack Kirk Cousins will do really well at Michigan State he had Le'Veon Bell I mean and, right. and the Michigan State team went to the you know I think they went to the Rose Bowl and they lost to Russell Wilson and uh end up at the con ball that one year. But I mean, they <laughs> established run game, play action pass. Kirk Cousins is one of the best in the league. So um, if they can keep pounding the rock, they can keep winning. The Fitz magic continues today in New York as the <laughs> Jets fall to 0 and 11. Dolphins on top of the Jets, 20 to 3. He got his job back. He came back last week. Uh, Dolphins, 7 and 4, looking like a good playoff team right now. Yeah, I mean, I the Dolphins is so funny how they started so bad. It just seems like another bad year of the <laughs> Dolphins. Um, I didn't watch this game at all, um, so I'll, no, I'll me neither. put that caveat out there. But it just seems like finally Flores is starting to establish his defense, and I mean the defense looks really good. Um, yeah, and they've been holding teams to far less than that, what they were supposed to score. The Jets, you know, granted, they're not the best team in the world, uh, actually the worst team in the world. But, um, you know, <laughs> I mean, their, their defense, the defense is what's turned the, turned the Dolphins around, not necessarily, you know, blazing on offense. So Fitzpatrick, uh, Tua, you know, they just have to do enough, get, get enough points up on the board. Um, and they, they could be a playoff team. They really could. Yeah, it's looking like it right now. It's a crowded space in that AFC. The Cleveland Browns move to 8-3. and three. They come out on top of the Jaguars, 27-25. Nick Chubb runs for 144 yards. 
this might finally be the year for the Browns. And gosh, Nate, it feels like every single week, it feels like the Browns, like last week, it was the Eagles. This week, it was the Jaguars. Next week, it's the Jets. Feels like they've had a uh, relatively easy schedule, but you got to give them credit for getting the job done. Yeah, I mean, hey, the, the Browns are the Browns are just squeaking by week by week. Uh, <laughs> you know, they're they're getting it done. I mean, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield is not great. He's okay. I mean, he missed there was a there was a play in the red zone. He had a guy wide open. Uh, I think he ran a dig route. He's wide open in the end zone. Um, and also, Kareem Hunt ran like an elbow route. They were both wide open. He just sailed it over his head today. Uh, so, like, I mean, he <laughs> he just has to not mess up make the throws that are there because they have an absolute two-headed monster at running back. I mean, it's, it's frustrating for any fantasy owners of either Hunt or Chubb because it's, they have both these guys in there, you know, splitting carries, and they're both very good running backs. Um, but they also haven't been playing anyone, to your point. Uh, and so they're yeah. a very confusing team. Uh, if they had OBJ, you know, it'd be a little, a little more dangerous out there uh, offensively. But, you know, I – I don't think the Browns are going anywhere. They just don't seem... I don't think they're winning a playoff game, Nate. No. I, don't, no, I think I don't they're, uh, they're an early exit. Despite on Madden and the simulation, if you do any Madden simulations and you're like, you know, on a franchise mode, you always play the number one seeded Browns. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else has gone <laughs> Really? The Browns are always like the number one seed. They're like, they went 13-3. and three. You're like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. If anyone else has that feeling, make sure to tweet at the Jack Vita show. <laughs> yes, please. Okay. <laughs> Patriots uh, with a stunner in Foxborough. I did not think they were going to win this game against Arizona. I was really buying into Arizona after that win against the Bills a couple weeks ago. They lose two straight after that after that game. Kyler hasn't he, – he didn't play great this week. Only 170 yards passing, one pick, no touchdowns. Are the was that the peak of their season, Nate? Is this just a this is a team that's growing and they'll be a little more competitive in the future? Yeah, I mean the the Cardinals are man, Cardinals are confusing. Um, I mean they're you think of them as this air raid Texas Tech offense, right? Um, you know, yeah. Kingsbury offense, but they're the number one rushing team in the NFL. Um, and, and it's fascinating to me, uh, that they are because, you know, I would never have thought of that just, you know, what they're bringing to the table, but they have some really talented running backs. And obviously Kyler Murray is, is normally running for 50 plus yards a game, uh, just scramble drill and some designed option carries. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know if it's just a mix mixture of maybe Seattle isn't that good uh, or, <laughs> or, you know, it, it's confusing. I don't know. Uh, this is a, the curious case of the Arizona Cardinals for me. Yeah. Okay, Titans on top of the Colts, 45-26. You saw this Colts team last week in Indianapolis. Sorry to remind you, didn't mean to do that. <laughs> but uh, Titans... Titans, hey, maybe they're back now. They went two straight. They were skidding. They lost three of four, but now they're standing atop of the AFC South at eight and three. Yeah, very intriguing considering the Colts just pounded the Titans two weeks ago. Um, this is one of those weird conference games where they play each other twice within three or four weeks. Um, so, yeah, the Colts have done And the road teams weeks, win, so. both of them. <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing to point out, I don't know how much stock I'm going to put in this game. Um, DeForest Buckner didn't play, 
Uh, he was deemed, True. I, I think he tested positive for COVID and also their starting middle linebacker did not play. And I think a, a few others. Um, so the Colts were shorthanded at defending the strength of the Titans, which is, which, which is Henry um, in, in that run game. So um, yes, the Titans are a very physical, good team. Um, I'm not looking forward to my Packers playing them in a few weeks. Actually, it's going to probably be ugly, but I do think the Colts are the better team. Um, the Titans are solid, but, um, you know, a fully, uh, a healthy Colts team, I think still wins that game. Giants moving into a tie for first place in the NFC East. They win 1917 against the Joe Burrowless Bengals. I did not watch any of that game, Nate. <laughs> so, this one was closer than it should have been, mostly because Daniel Jones got hurt. Yes. Um, I don't know the severity, but uh, I know that he didn't come back. So they had Colt McCoy in there. I saw Ooh. him doing a couple scramble drills. Uh, there's a name. Uh, One of so, my all-time yeah, favorite I mean, backups. Was... <laughs> yeah. I just remember him getting pounded by Marcel Darius in that national championship game, yeah. like breaking his shoulder in 10 places. Uh, but, yeah, I mean he... – <laughs> He, uh, I do like Colt McCoy. He's a good, good guy. Uh, good, uh, good Texas long Longhorn for sure. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't watch the game. I did see some of the highlights. Um, it's just a battle of the wits when it comes to the NFC East right now. I don't know who's going to finish last or first or whatever. <laughs> um, I, I, I do think Daniel Jones is a decent quarterback. Um, maybe the best quarterback in the NFC East right now. Is yeah. that a hot take? I think that's a hot take. I might, I might say that he, he might be the best quarterback in the East right now. There's not, not a lot there. That, so. It's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah no. That's a good time to bring up this. Uh, <laughs> the Cowboys getting thumped on Thanksgiving Day, which is a tradition. They typically don't get whooped on Thanksgiving <laughs> Day. It feels like they always get served up a game like Washington. I'm sure when they scheduled this yeah. game, it's like, oh, it's going to be Dallas's homecoming game, and uh, they end up getting thumped 41-16. So now Alex Smith with the Washington professional football team. I'm sorry, I said that I called him the wrong name. Uh, fire me. Oh, you can't because my podcast. But uh, 41-16, Washington sharing first place with the New York Giants. Yeah, well, I, I think they're just lucky they didn't schedule the Bills like they did last year. Um, <laughs> I didn't the Bills throttle them last year. Yeah, uh, that's true. So, I mean, and that was with Dak, too. So, I mean, yeah, Cowboys are just, man, they're just, uh, it's it's a weird, it's weird. Uh, you know, they're <laughs> they're such a, a, a big brand name, uh, but they just seem to always disappoint, at least in my lifetime. I know in the <laughs> early 90s, yeah. they, were solid, they were great, but... Yeah, I don't really know what to say. I'm happy for Alex Smith. It's awesome that he's, you know, made this unbelievable comeback. What do you have, 17 surgeries or something ridiculous yeah. on his knee? I mean, he almost had his leg amputated. You know, he's back two years later, and um, and he's, you know, playing really, really well. So, um, you know, he's, he's making the throws. He's not doing too much. But, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys are just – I mean, it, the, the sad part about the Cowboys, they have so much talent on the edges. Like their receiving core is so good, yeah. <laughs> but they just can't get them the ball. So, I mean, and their old line is terrible, which is, you know, I don't know how that disintegrated over the last two years because they Seriously. used to have the best old line. Yeah. So I don't know. 
So Kane Brown, the country artist, and they, I know you like a little bit of country. He did the halftime show, and I actually was not watching this game. I ate dinner uh, around the time this game was starting, and then I was watching some college hoops. So, uh, And I, I saw the score on my phone. I was like, eh, this isn't worth it. And I didn't even know there was going to be a halftime show. But actually, I have to give some credit here. I always seem to like whoever the Cowboys have as their halftime guy um, on Thanksgiving Day. It always they've done a lot of these country artists. They had Eric Church. They've had Thomas Rhett with I, arms wide open. <laughs> yes, there was that Creed video <laughs> floating you around can from take twenty. Me higher. <laughs> with arms wide open. I know. <laughs> It was the best halftime show I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Jim Rome's here now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I, I, I am with you. Kane Brown. The only thing about that, it was, did you see it was pre-recorded? It was not live. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, so I wasn't that was, expecting that was it. something I did not know until afterwards where people were tweeting pictures from the game saying, uh, this didn't actually happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't. The thing is, is it was taped live it wasn't uh like it wasn't some lip syncing he actually was singing it as he was performing Mm -hmm. and i mean covid and everything so i didn't think they were gonna get it i'm glad they got it and nate i was looking at twitter this was hours later i i spend less time on social media these days just because there's so much lunacy there's always just crazy stuff so anyway i'm i'm seeing in my feed kane brown is trending i look and it's just people dunking on Kane Brown. I'm like, oh my goodness, what happened to Kane Brown? Did he did he not have his mic plugged in right? Did he just sound awful live? It it was just the typical people that hate country music that yeah. were just like, oh, who's this guy? Get him off my screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I, I didn't like watch. I, I don't know if I, I don't think I watched the full halftime show, but I mean, I know I, I had only six I, I minutes it was, long. It was on in the background, but um. I mean, it was it was entertaining. It was good, and like I said, the only thing that hoodwinked me was the uh, the fact it wasn't actually happening live. Um, yeah, I thought I I totally thought it was actually happening, and and then I saw on Twitter later it was like it was like bright out still at the game, but in the <laughs> it was nighttime when they actually recorded it. So uh, yeah, it just threw me off a little bit. Lions got thumped once again this time on Thanksgiving Day to the it was a battle of three and seven squads entering that game or sorry now they're both four and seven so the Texans uh the Lions weren't the Lions were four and six but anyway Texans win that game big Deshaun Watson with four touchdowns 41 25 as Jack was watching the Gonzaga Kansas game but uh Matt Patricia lost his job as did the Lions GM I feel awful for Lions fans. I know you know a lot of them growing up in Michigan, Nate, and the Home Improvement classic show <laughs> from the 90s. They used to always make jokes about, like, someday the Lions might win the Super Bowl, and it's like, ah, no, that's not going to actually ever happen. <laughs> yeah, I it's it's time to fully invest in a rebuild if you're a Lions fan. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, you, you got rid of your GM, uh, Bob Quinn, and you also got rid of... Uh, uh, Matt Patricia, um, you know, I mean, Matt Patricia just, he had no, he had no buy-in from his players. He's just too unique of a guy yeah. 
you know, to coach professional players, the head, the head coach without success. If you're successful, I think anyone would buy in, but I mean, just, it just gets old. Um, you know, if you just got to move on, um, you know, I think, I think it's time to release Stafford. It's time to move on from Matt Stafford. Um, Matt Stafford, I love Free Matt Stafford. Stafford. Let him compete somewhere. Exactly. I mean, imagine, I mean, Stafford would be great in a, in a Kyle Shanahan offense. You know, I think the, oh, I think the yeah. Niners would, and the Niners would give Ooh. up quite a, probably too much for him too. If the Lions made it known they were willing to deal him. But I think you fully rebuild. I think you get rid of Stafford. I think you go all in and get someone like B enemy from, uh, from Kansas city. Um, uh, I think you're settling if you get someone like Kellen Moore or Byron Leftwich, something like that. I think that'd be a classic Lions hire. So please actually <laughs> hire the enemy if you're a Lions fan. And like I'm, I, I, I think you just gotta throw, you know, throw everything at him. Get get the enemy in there. Um, and then I mean, yeah. as GM, I think you just need you need a football guy. You need someone that's, uh, you know, either been a GM before or been in those offices. Someone that knows football was a player. Um, someone that just knows what they're doing. Um, you know, I, I, I wonder, uh, you see him interview a lot, but you wonder if this might be finally the Lewis Riddick opportunity. Oh yeah. He get he's interviewed quite a few times. Hasn't gotten any jobs yeah. yet. Um, he's I think good. that'd be a I good like hire. A I think, I think that'd be a good hire. Um, I, I throw would another not name like... at you, Nate. Tony Dungy, I think is a guy who I always thought would be a good GM. I could see that. Um, level-headed. Um, I don't know how much on the business side he'd be really. Um, I, I actually have no idea. Um, I, I don't, he, has there he, been any coach? You know, he came GM? up in that Steelers, Chuck Knoll, those great teams, and he was a part of drafting and building that Tampa defense that John Gruden ended up winning a Super Bowl with. So I think he could be a guy who could assess talent very well. Yeah, yeah, he definitely could. Um, I think. I think the only issue with that, you know, someone that's not necessarily um, been in those types of roles before, or, you know, I mean, that yeah. could be a little bit of a gamble for a team that's trying to rebuild. Yeah. Um, I think you want to start with someone solid that knows what they're doing a little yeah. bit and not that he wouldn't, but it'd be more of a gamble for sure. Um, yeah. you know, you have, you have John Dorsey who, who was the, he came from a green Bay front office and, uh, was with the Browns for a few years. He finally got fired, but then, uh, the young buck, the Elliot Wolf, he's the son of Ron Wolf. Ron Wolf's the one that traded for Brett Favre, uh, famously, um, for the Packers, but way back in 92 or whatever, um, and did a really good job bringing us out of shame from the 70s all the way to the 90s. The Packers were atrocious. Um, and so his son, Elliot Wolf, who's been in front offices, you know, with a couple different NFL teams, he's another hot name that might, you know, might get a job. But if I had to say, I would say go all in on enemy. Um, maybe Lewis Riddick. I don't know enough about GMs, but, um, you know, I think that'd be a good hire too. I'm going to glaze over two games here. Falcons. Um, that was a shocking game. They actually are playing some pretty good football since firing Dan Quinn, Raheem Morris. Maybe he keeps that job. He did a good job with the bucks back in the day. They beat the Raiders, uh, very commandingly 43 to six. Uh, I was very surprised by that. And then uh, 49ers and Rams, uh, once again, we can't figure out who's good in the NFC West and who is that legitimate team. Are you going to have three playoff teams that don't even win a playoff game? That, that's a real possibility, <laughs> but the Rams fall to the 49ers 23-20. Nate, 
We got two more games to discuss, and then I'm going to let you watch the Packers and Bears. I know you're very excited for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, hey. um, so in terms of those games, um, the Raiders, I have no idea who they are. Um, uh, you know, yeah. I, they they seem to match up well with the Chiefs, and that's all I know. <laughs> I don't I don't know anything else. I mean, they for some reason they give the Chiefs a hard time, um, but other than that. I would never put money on the Raiders. Uh, you know, I mean, this surprised me more than anything. I was like, oh, the Raiders are good. Yeah. They play, you know, I pretty much the only thing I go back to is how they play the Chiefs. I'm like, hey, they beat the Chiefs once and they almost beat them a second <laughs> time. You know, they must be good. They must beat the yeah. Falcons. And yeah, they just got pulled. So I don't, I have no idea. Uh, you know, I have no pulse on the, uh, on the state of the, the Raiders. Um, you know, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I <laughs> I really do, don't know what, what they're doing over there. Um, and it's, in terms of the, the Rams, that game surprised me. Uh, Richard Sherman came back this week, um, had a pick, gave Jared Goff some trouble. Jared Goff is another one that some games he looks like he could be an MVP candidate, and some games he looks like he uh, shouldn't be a starter. Yeah. So, I, you know, I, I, don't, I just don't think Jared Goff is super, super – elite but when he's playing a defense that is giving all the crossing routes and all the um you know some of these these option routes that the the rams like to run in the sean McVay offense you know when those are there he's amazing he's a really good distributor on his first second first and second read um but yeah i mean uh a very smart defense um with some smart players like sherman and then obviously robert sala is a really good defensive coordinator, um, you know, gave him a lot of trouble today. Um, and so, uh, yeah, the Rams is another one. I just, yeah, the NFC West in general, there's a lot of question marks, you know, um, Seattle, are they really that good? Uh, or is it just Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson? Um, right. the Rams, are they that good? Or is it just their defense is really good? Do they have a good, really good corner and probably one of the best defensive linemen of all time? So it's kind of like, I don't know. Um, you know, I, I can't really figure them out. I can't believe the 49ers beat them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got a couple more here, Nate, uh, quickly. This is the one that just ended as we were starting this show. Chiefs coming out on top of the Tampa Bay Bucks, 27-24. This is significant because the Bucks drop another game, and a lot of us were pretty buying into the Bucks. And now you're starting to get some of those pieces reddened. How well do Brady and Arians get along and what's going on here? I'll give you a couple of a couple of points here, Nate. I'll let you react. I think first of all, I don't know if I don't know if Arians is maximizing Brady to the best of his abilities. I see him throw having Brady throw downfield a lot. Forty three years old, never been a deep ball quarterback. I don't really know what you're doing with that. Secondly, they don't have that James White type pass catching back that Brady can sling it to on third and six. And that's something that I think is missing from this team. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I, I think any time that Brady has been successful, he's had a deep threat, which he has. He has Evans. Yeah. But he's also had a slew of intermediate route guys that are, you know, just, you know, hundred catchy, a hundred catch type receivers, like an Edelman or like an Amendola, um, like a James White out of the backfield. 
a lot of these slotty type receivers that are uh, just always getting open somehow. Um, but I think it also goes to scheme. It's not necessarily personnel because they have some of that. They have Antonio Brown, one of the best small receivers in the game. Uh, they have good Godwin, who is a very good um, smaller receiver. Um, so they do have some of that personnel at the receiver position. Um, but I think a lot of it has to go with scheme, go to scheme. You see yeah. any Arians offense, Arians likes to take shots multiple times a game. He says it publicly uh, in interviews saying, yeah, I mean, I, I like to take a shot X amount of times a game. I don't even remember what he said, but it's kind of an astronomical amount of times. Um, it doesn't matter what the defense has given him. He likes to take those shots. Um, and to your point, you know, the Brady arm, it's amazing. He's still doing it at the level he is at his age, but uh, it's, it's a, it's a tough fit. You know, he had a Jameis Winston, uh, you know, throw 30 interceptions last year, uh, right. <laughs> <he was> just <laughs> throwing the ball, throwing the ball, you know, but he would throw, but at the same time, Winston would throw for, you know, 500 yards in a game or 430 yards. You know, he was just throwing the ball deep. It seemed like every other play. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think it's a little bit of a scheme a mismatch. Um, and you know, you're starting to see it unfold a little bit. You know, I, I think the Chiefs, they did a good job holding the Chiefs in the second half. You know, they, they stayed at 27 points. They didn't really extend their lead after a quick start. They're up 17 nothing after a blink of an eye. Um, but, you know, the Bucks defense is going to have to carry that team because um, their offense is just, it just seems a little off. I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, when they play a good team, you know, they might have a hard time keeping up. Yeah. All right, and then the last game that happened, we got a couple other things real quick. And I, I promise this will be quick, Nate. Uh, Saints 31-3 on the poor, poor, poor Denver Broncos who had three <laughs> quarterbacks ineligible to play. I don't believe any of them actually had COVID, but they were all close contacts, so they might have COVID. This is where this thing is just getting kind of... I wish there would be a little more... Here's the thing, Nate. I wish there was a little more transparency, consistency, and clarity with the COVID stuff because you have this situation where the Broncos don't really have anyone to play at quarterback. They don't move the game or anything for that matter. A couple weeks back, uh, you would remember the Packers played a decimated 49ers team by injuries. They were... or Sorry, decimated by COVID. And... Then you have the Steelers. This game keeps getting moved. I mean, Steelers fans are irked because they already lost their bye week. And to me, there's something about like, okay, why should the Baltimore Ravens problem or the Tennessee Titans problem become the Pittsburgh Steelers problem? And now, obviously, these are different situations. There's a lot of other moving parts. But I think the league needs to do a better job of just coming out and explaining, here's why we're not postponing this game or here's why we are postponing this game i think right now a lot of people are frustrated or irked just because they haven't seen enough consistency they don't know what constitutes postponing a game and what does not Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's 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 hard to to pass too much judgment uh you know it's it's a it's a really weird year across the board um and i think that they're just trying to control the disease enough that it doesn't affect multiple games. Um, and so if that means, you know, the whole contract tracing thing, you know, I think it's really unfortunate. And the problem is, you know, 
you get one guy. Well, the, all these teams, they have meetings, multiple meetings a day with just their position group, right? So if someone on that offensive line, for instance, um, you know, gets COVID-19, um, he's in the same room as 13 other offensive linemen, um, you know, three times a day, going over schemes, going over all this different stuff. Um, and th- that's the problem, right? Someone gets that <laughs> disease in that close contact, you know, they're going to have to isolate all those guys all in the same position group while the Broncos, I mean, they were in real tough shape because <laughs> you know, one of the quarterbacks <laughs> got it. And, uh, and you know, the fact that they were in close contact and they weren't wearing masks and they were, um, I don't, I don't remember all the situation, but um, there was enough protocols. Cause I think what it is, is like, okay, someone gets COVID-19 they do the contact tracing and they say, okay, who are they close contact with? Okay. Drew Locke and, you know, uh, Blake Bortles, they were close to, okay. Uh, when you were in close contact, how close were you to them? And were you wearing a mask? And if they, if any, if, so they weren't wearing a mask. I know that, um, that essentially rules them out for, I think it, what is it? Three or four days, because that's like the incubation period before you could test positive. Um, if they would have been wearing masks, uh, I think that they would have been allowed to play. So uh, there are those rules in place. It's hard because it's just everything's so new. This is all new, uh, yeah. you know, for everyone. Unprecedented. And the NFL, the NFL is just trying to do everything they can to prevent a COVID positive player playing against your Steelers and infecting <laughs> Ben Roethlisberger because he sacked him. Well, you he know, already I mean, got it, a, so he's be, good. That'd be a nightmare. <laughs> What's that? You're- I said he already got it, so he's good. Yeah, yeah. There's the spin zone. We should just infect everyone with it, so then we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Herd immunity, man. Hey, Steelers yeah. Ravens coming up on Tuesday night. It'll be fun to have that game on Tuesday night. It gives me some football to watch on a Tuesday. So, while I'm yeah. irked that the Steelers really are not getting a bye week this year, not really getting many days off. This was a game they're supposed to play on Thursday and then not play again until the or not come into the facility again until the following Wednesday. So we're essentially going to get a little bit of a week off here. That's out the window now. So best case scenario for the Steelers, they get this game played and then someone else has to make up a game in week 18 and they can maybe get a little bit of a breather then. Um, But maybe, Hey, maybe if they just keep, maybe keep playing, they stay hot. Maybe that's, maybe that's what they need. So they're playing at a disadvantage. They lose their bye week but Hey, um, they should win that game. A lot of, a lot of Ravens are out, including Lamar Jackson. Um, but that'll be fun to watch. Monday night football, Seahawks and the Eagles. Now, what's interesting about this one, Nate, Jalen Hurts took a lot of reps with the first team this week, and it sounds like we're going to see him at least to some extent in that Monday night game. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't hear that. Um, you know, I think, I mean, Jalen Hurts played a lot of, big time college football. So, um, you know, he, I mean, at some point Carson Wentz is going to have to pay the piper. He's either going to have to live up to his contract, live up to who he is and, and what he is, um, you know, and what his hype has been in the past, or they're going to have to move on. Um, and, you know, Carson Wentz is a talented quarterback, uh, but he just seems to not put it together. Um, you know, uh, so I don't, I don't he holds really on know. to the ball too long. Yeah, it, it's weird. Uh, it, I mean, they've had some issues at O-line, but you can only blame that for so long. I mean, there's some really good quarterbacks that have had bad O-lines, and they're clearly elite. They're still making plays. Uh, and, you know, Carson Wentz has been 
a little suspect. You know, some days he turns it on, some ta- some days he does just terrible. He makes some really yeah. bad decisions, takes a lot of sacks that he shouldn't. Um, you know, so it'll help. I think they might be getting Zach Ertz back uh, off IR. So I mean, that'll be that'll help a yeah. lot because they they've had a lot of issues at receiver and, and weapons for him. Um, you know, Zach Ertz went on IR earlier this year. Um, and, you know, I think Deshaun Jackson was on IR at the beginning, came back for one game, got hurt again, and now he's back on IR. Um, and so, I mean, they, they've had issues at the skill position, but you still, I mean, you got to play with the cards you're dealt, man. And it's uh, NFL stands for not for long. Uh, you know, so one of my, my friend, Chris, who played in the NFL says that, you know, you got to, yeah, to use every Hey, drop drop the can. name. Give the last name too, it, so it people a, know who you're talking. About. No, I'll let I'll let the you know listeners figure that one out. But, I'll I'll say uh, it. Chris Maragos. <laughs> um, so it, it's uh it it stands for not for long because you know it, there's a lot of talented players. You got Jalen Hurts right at your heels, someone that has played for two major college programs and has won a national championship. So, um, you know, Jalen Hurts is going to get his shot. Um, and yeah. if, if Wentz doesn't pick up the slack and, and start moving the ball down the field, you know, that's going to be a problem for him. Yeah. So I guess he took first team reps and they plan to use him, uh, in Monday night. It doesn't say that he's starting, so I don't know what a multiple quarterback set would look like. Well, not set, but multiple quarterback offense, similar to that Chris Leak, Tim Tebow offense back in 2006 <laughs> with Florida. Um, Chris Leak's been dropped now two weeks in a row on the podcast. Uh, so shout out to Chris <laughs> Leak. Finally, Nate, the Chicago Bears getting set at Lambeau right now. Game's in the first quarter, and I know you're pumped up about this game. Packers just scored. Who's more popular in Chicago than the backup quarterback? The highly anticipated return of Mitchell Trubisky. I've never, I mean, at this point, in a year and a half, this has to be the highest approval rating that Mitch Trubisky's had. <laughs> yeah, Just by I mean, not think, playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but, I mean, he did start out 3-0. Um, he would have yeah. started 3-1 and if he didn't get pulled, but... Um, he, he did, he did enough. He scrambled, he had legs and unlike Nick Foles, he's not a statue. Um, uh, <laughs> but at the same time, he doesn't have a statue. Nick Foles has a statue. So that's the question. <laughs> uh, can, can Mitch, can, can Mitch Trubisky, um, you know, do enough to beat a really good team? Um, I'm not saying the Packers are the best team in the NFL, but, um, he does give you a different look. Uh, I think Nick Foles, gives you a very conservative, make the right pass all the time, uh, not all the time, but, you know, make a lot of the good decisions, but a lot of it might be a check down. It might be, you know, third and eight, uh, third and 10, and he throws it an eight yard route. Right. Uh, and it's just frustrating if you're a Bears fan <laughs> where Mitch may go for the, go for the, the fade route, you know, but he might throw a pick nine out of 10 times when he does it. Uh, but at least <laughs> he gives you a chance. Uh, and also he can just take off and run. Uh, he'll make those plays. Yeah. So we'll see. Like you said, uh, Packers just went down and scored the first drive. It looks like missed the extra point. So hopefully that yes. doesn't come back to bite me as a Packers fan. But um, <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, I, you know, I think you got David Montgomery back. I did not hear if you got Akeem Hicks back on defense. But I'm not. I'm not Bears fan. That, Don't ask me, Nate. Okay. Well, me as a <laughs> Packer fan, that's something that I'm. Uh, that's what that was a big thing for me. Akeem Hicks, defense. 
defensive tackle. You guys got him from uh, the Saints. You got him from the Saints. The guy has been absolute beast. He just ruins games. I mean, he's just a tank. He's probably you know he's like 350 pounds. You know, can lift a truck. I mean, he just he's in the backfield all the time. Um, so he can cause problems. He hurt his hamstring last week. Um, so I, he was questionable coming into the game. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that, uh, we'll see how that turns out. I'm not sure if he's in there or not. Once I go to my TV, uh, I will find out, but good news for you guys, uh, or Bears fans, Trubisky one for one. He just had a three yard completion to Andrew Robinson. There you go. I think it's funny when this happens sometimes <laughs> that people are like, oh yeah, Jack, like, aren't you pumped up about the Bears right now? Or what, like, are you upset? <laughs> I'm like, ah, I, it doesn't impact me because I'm a Steelers fan. <laughs> a common mistake. Yeah. But Nate, I'm going to give <laughs> right now, um, because people are listening Ooh. to this in on Monday morning. So the the game is already over by now. I'm not watching it. I haven't turned it on. I know you are. I know you just reacted to something. I have the game cast here. <laughs> I'm going to make a call here. I think the Bears can win this game. I, I do think this is going to be a close game. And I think it could be one of those surprising games where the Bears win one at Lambeau. You could go back to that Brett Favre retirement uh, jersey ceremony five years ago. Maybe it's one of those games. I think Packers win 26-20. That's my call. What's your call? Uh, so I think uh, in my reaction, it was a David Montgomery run for like 50 yards. So, oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so the Bears have the ball on the Green Bay 9. So that was my big reaction there. I'm just <laughs> tracking it on my phone. Um, I, th- I think that you are correct. I mean, it could, it, it just depends on the bears defense. Um, yeah. if they have Akeem Hicks, um, you know, he is a difference maker for that defense. Um, they're not going to be, be able to keep up with the Packers offense. Um, probably if Hicks is out, um, hit, cause I mean, we'll probably, you know, we'll be able to score, uh, with Hicks in there, it would be a little more a little more trouble, but I think you're right. I think the, the bears could cover the spread, which is probably, I think it's like eight points. Um, oh yeah. So I would go with cover 26, here. 20, uh, 27, 20, uh, types of games. You know, I think, uh, having Montgomery back on offense is a big deal. You guys haven't been able to run the ball and our run defense is not very good. So, um, <laughs> the bears could take a, take a play out of the, the Colts playbook and just try to play, keep away from Rogers, run the ball, do some read option with Trubisky, make this game go by a little too fast um, and, you know, give us limited opportunities to score. So, um, so I'll say my final prediction, I'm going to say 23, 17. All right, Nate. I really hope that ideally it's uh, 25, 19 or something right in between you and I's picks. (laughs) And then uh, when people are listening to this in the future, we don't sound like idiots uh, because then this whole segment (laughs) would be a waste. But anyway, Nate, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, It had been a long time coming. I know you listen to the show a lot and you support the show. We appreciate you. I appreciate you as a friend, as a brother, and as now a podcast guest. Thank you so much for joining me. Is there anything you'd like to plug while you're here? Do you want to throw out your social media handles, anything of that nature? Um, here, let me. Uh, it, it's mostly uh, biased toward the Packers and Badgers, but if, if any, <laughs> if there's any Packers or Badgers listeners out there, uh, my Twitter handle is Nate Smith Zero. With that's uh, number zero, Nate Smith Zero. Um, but as far as things, I just want to um, wish everyone. I hope they had a great. Um, 
everyone that's listening, hope you had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I know it's a tough time. You know, some of you are not seeing family, family for the first time in a long time during the holidays. Um, and for all those uh, brothers and sisters in Christ out there, um, started the Advent mm-hmm. season, um, you know, even though it's really hard uh, this, going through, you know, a lot of crazy times right now, both politically and, um, you know, this world that we live in, you know, just reminded this, this Sunday uh, that there is hope um, mm. in bigger things than just uh, this life. Um, and there is hope in this life too. You know, there's, uh, there's vaccines being put together. There's people working on this. Um, so just, just wanted to wish everyone well, everyone's safe. Um, and I hope you guys have a fantastic, uh, fantastic December now. Almost there. <laughs> what a great word there that was, Nate. And I think I'll, I'll, I'll piggyback onto that. I think the thing that really helps me in these times is to know that if you believe in God and you have a relationship with God, you have a very different outlook on the world and how we approach things than people who don't. And so for me, I believe that God either wants things to happen or he allows things to happen. So something like everything that we've gone through this year, I don't know if I'd say that God wanted it to happen, but he allowed it to happen. And when God allows things to happen, God works through those things and does amazing, mighty, incredible things that are way beyond our own knowledge. And so that's something for me. I mean, I could just look at some of the things that have happened in my own personal life during this year, getting this podcast, uh, you know, getting some sponsors on here, getting this website going, uh, just a lot of great stuff that's happening right now. And I think Thanksgiving is just a great reminder to thank God for those things. Absolutely. Yep, we'll continue to count our blessings, but I really appreciate it, Jack. Um, go Pack Go. I know that might be highly contested <laughs> with your fan base, but, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, hope, uh, I hope it warranted, uh, uh, at least we'll get a get-together on, on Seinfeld, something like that. Some little Seinfeld trip. Yes, 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 we'd love that. All right, thank you so much, Nate. This is great. Thanks. What a great episode that was with Nate Smith. So great to finally have him here in the studio well over uh, over skype call but having him here on the show long time coming he was a great guest right wasn't he great I, I can't wait to have him back on this show i'm glad we finally had him on i hope you all enjoyed this episode of the podcast as i mentioned don't miss out on those cyber monday deals go to jackvita.com slash cbs jackvita.com slash fanatics and jackvita.com slash MLB shop. Those deals won't last long, so hurry over there while supplies last before Cyber Monday or whatever the heck, uh, Tuesday, if there's a name for Tuesday. I don't I don't even know what it is. Maybe Giving Tuesday? I'm not sure. But guys, uh, we got some great content coming out later this week. I'm going to be speaking with Rachel Gerhart on Tuesday. We have this Christmas bracket that I mentioned earlier in the show. We have a, a good episode coming out where we will preview the Christmas movie bracket. Maybe we share some of our picks, probably talk some entertainment, a little bit of reality TV, and just riff and talk about life. It's always fun having Rach on the show. And she also helped me build the bracket. So it'd be great having her here. If you don't want to miss out on that, subscribe to the Jack Vita Show on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Thank you to everyone who tuned in to Sports Jeopardy. That was a lot of fun. We had a lot of 
people tuning into that live and people checking it out on the replay if you missed it. It's in the podcast feed and it's on my YouTube and Facebook pages. If you'd like to get in touch with me on social media, you can find me on Facebook, facebook.com slash Jack Vita Show at Jack Vita Show on Twitter and Instagram. That's where you can vote on all three of those handles. That's where you'll be able to vote in the greatest Christmas movie bracket of all time. You're not going to want to miss out. Please follow, please participate, and share your bracket. Share it with your friends. Share this podcast with your friends. We're about to have a huge 2021. I'm so excited about it. And I'm going to need you to help me out to get this podcast out to more people. I think we can do it. We've had some great growth this year. It's been a great year for this podcast, for the website, for me personally. And I hope it's been a great year for you as well. Y'all, stay positive. Stay thankful. Appreciate the things that you have. We are going to get through everything that's being presented to us. Hey, I'm having fun right now enjoying all the sports. I hope you are too. In addition to talking with Rachel on Tuesday, I will have some more content coming out early next week, recapping more sports. So make sure you're subscribed and you don't miss out on that. Lots of great stuff coming up on this podcast. Until then, however, I am Jack Vita, bringing the dancing lobsters.